You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist podcast, episode number 161, The Rest of Your Story. All right, y'all. Welcome back. I'm so glad to have you back. I have been um, doing a little bit of research on storytelling recently, and what we are going to be talking about today kind of centers around that, or is maybe an offshoot of that. Um, And what I want to kind of talk about is how one thought can change your entire perspective, right? We can have one little sentence in our brain that can just shift everything and it can just make all of the difference sometimes for how we view things moving forward, how we view the past, um, and, and how we view other events. And, and so in, in my research of, of storytelling, I, you know, I think that it's interesting because, you know, there are a lot of people out in the trauma community that are discussing storytelling as, you know, a part of our kind of built-in toolkit as humans, right? Um, Dr. Bruce Perry, um, who does a lot of research on trauma um, and specifically has done a lot of research on trauma um, in indigenous peoples, he talks about this a little bit in his and Oprah's book, where they talk about, um, you know, the Maori people and other indigenous people use storytelling as a way to connect with one another And essentially, that helps them heal from traumas in their lives, such as colonization. Um, And so the the storytelling brings them together and allows them to process that and connect to one another to heal the things that, you know, have happened to them in a negative way or a traumatic way. And I think that it's interesting to think about this because there's also a lot um, of people um, that are, are starting to support theater arts as a way of treating people um, with a trauma history or PTSD. And I know we haven't really really dove into trauma and burnout and, you know, what does that have to do with us? Well, um, a lot more than you would think. <laughs> and someday we will, we will talk through that. Um, but you know, there, there is a growing body that, that the spoken word and theater and storytelling is actually very therapeutic for us as humans, especially when it comes to, um, you know, telling, telling what has happened to us. Okay. Telling, um, you know, the, the story of us or what has happened in our lives that wasn't easy and processing that. And so I think that this is part of why, you know, small groups and, uh, you know, those types of settings are really therapeutic for us whenever we are burnt out or we're processing a complication. Um, I know all of us want to be very, um, kind of hush hush when these types of things happen, but whenever we can, tell our story out loud without judgment, um, in a way that is, you know, received by other people in a supportive way, it helps us process that. And we can, we can, you know, stop fearing the, the shame that's going to come with it or the judgment that's going to come with it. And so I think that storytelling is, is probably been part of my therapy for the last however many years, right? Um, three years, uh, as, as a storyteller here every week in your AirPods, right? And so I think that storytelling is one of those things that we need to look at closer. But as I was looking into this, 
um, someone actually sent me a recording of a Paul Harvey radio show. It's actually a TikTok, okay? But it was a recording of a Paul Harvey radio show. Now, this is going to date me, and I'm okay with that. Um, I grew up listening to this radio segment called The Rest of the Story by Paul Harvey. Um, and so for those of you that don't know, those of you that are out there that are youngins, this would essentially come on the radio every day, usually during our like our morning commute, right? Like my parents are driving me to school and it would come on, right? And this was before CDs, definitely before satellite radio. <laughs> We're talking like probably it was on the AM radio station that they listened to for the news, but um, probably could have been found on FM too. But basically... Paul Harvey was like one of the OG podcasters, essentially. It was, you know, before podcasts were a thing. So Paul Harvey would essentially tell you a story that was factual. Um, it was real. And he would give you this story in a way that it was so captivating that even as a kid, I remember it being very interesting. And sometimes it was educational about something in the world, right? But in the last line or two, like the last few lines of his story, he would drop a fact that would change your entire perspective on everything that he had just spent time telling you, and then some. (laughs) And that last little factoid was what he would then tell you was the rest of the story, and he would end his show. And so I would encourage you, like, if you haven't ever listened to a Paul Harvey show, um, go listen to one of the rest of the stories. Just Google it. It's probably on YouTube. It's definitely on TikTok now. Um, so there's a great one if you want an example. That So my husband sent me um, one on Dr. Miles, right? And so not me, Dr. Miles, but a Dr. Miles of the 1800s that had actually um, formulated something that had been considered by many to be poisonous for a long time. And he formulated it and started using it as medicine. And I won't ruin the ending, but that has turned out to be something that we use every day now. And so I loved hearing this story. And so I, I, if you want to go listen to one of Paul Harvey's, go listen to that one. <laughs> and so these are all out there. Just go look them up, y'all. Um, anyway, on that, it really had me thinking about like, you know, Paul Harvey is this great storyteller, but like, what was it about the rest of the story that, you know, changed your perspective that like shifted everything? And it was just one little thought, one little sentence at the end. And that's what he would call the rest of the story, that little zinger of a thought that just changes everything, right? And I think that this is important because I think that we can utilize this as a tool to change our perspective, to shift our perspective. We talk a lot here about our thoughts and how, um, you know, how we have control. We can decide what we are going to think, right? And so can we use, um, you know, a, a little zinger of a thought like this and find the rest of our story to change or shift our perspective on an event from the past that we, you know, maybe are troubled by, maybe it haunts us, maybe um, we look back and we we have regrets or we um, don't think fondly on something, right? And we've kind of talked about this off and on about rewriting our stories, but I think that this specific example is just such a good example of how one thought can change a whole bunch of your thoughts. And I think that this is also a great example of like how powerful our thoughts are. And so like, for example, like, let's just think about just like a random example. Okay. 
let's say that you think back about your wedding day and you feel like like it was just kind of a disaster because you know at the very beginning of the reception a groomsman accidentally spilled red wine down your dress like it sounds like like a terrible story that everybody you know talks about like oh it was just awful right and that's kind of how your brain agrees with it right like it absolutely ruined this gorgeous dress that you had you know been waiting a year to wear and it was on all the pictures there was no covering it up what a disaster, right? Like even, you don't even have any, you know, pictures of, of you and your husband um, in the reception in your house anywhere because it was just like, what a disaster, right? And maybe that's the story that you carry for a long time. And I know that this is a seemingly trivial example, okay? But bear with me, right? And so uh, this is like the story that, that you carry for a long time. And this is, this is so common, y'all. Like we could have stories like this and memories like this in our head. And we can have them for years and years and years. And anytime someone like brings up a wedding, you like kind of think about this disaster of a day that was your wedding. And that can be the story that you have for a long time, right? Until maybe one day in the days of social media now, right? Your sister tags you on a social media post and she puts up an old picture from the wedding that you've never seen from that day. And in this picture, you and she, you're on the dance floor and you're like laughing and cackling, it looks like, and not probably, maybe dancing a little bit, but more, mostly laughing together, right? And she writes a comment about how you made red wine a thing before it was cool. And then from that moment on, something shifts, right? You consider this to be like this amazing thing, this amazing memory, and it's and you now start to look at your wedding as not a disaster of a day, but as something that you had a lot of fun at, that you can giggle about, that, you know, what a beautiful day it was to actually to get married to your love and to have your sister there by your side, right? In your sister's post on social media, years after the actual event, you found the rest of your story, right? And it shifted everything. That's like, that's like a, an example that could happen to any of us, Okay. It can be about something trivial that your brain like looks back on and remembers it a certain way. But guess what? Our memories are just thoughts. Okay. And oftentimes our brain really likes to remember the negative things uh, rather than the positive things. Right. And so finding the rest of your story can shift everything. And so I think that it's good to start with like a trivial example, right? Because the same is true with our stories that are heavier, right? about medicine, about work, about other things in our lives, you know, relationships that, you know, weren't great growing up or something like that, right? And so, you know, maybe we have a story in our mind about how residency went, how toxic it was, how traumatic it was, how you would never do it again and you would not wish it on your worst enemy, right? And then maybe you go to a CME course and you're at a conference and you run into a residency classmate that you literally haven't seen since graduation day and you get to spend some time and you reconnect and you tell stories and you end up staying up late reminiscing about this together right in the hotel bar whatever and suddenly everything in residency maybe wasn't so bad right maybe it was worth it and maybe you wouldn't change it because yeah like this this friend that you haven't seen in ages that you went through this thing with that was terrible and toxic, 
but maybe it, it wasn't something that you would change because you found the rest of your story, right? And so I think that this is so, so important, y'all, is like, can we intentionally look for the rest of our story when we have, you know, this, this story or this memory of something that is actually, you know, burned into our brains that we've carried with us for a long time? And that actually may be holding us back or affecting us, right? And I, I've told you all the story of my first job. Um, and the story of my first job, it, it remained the same for a long time. And I regretted it for a long time. I resented it even. Um, I hated to think about it um, because I, I would feel so used. And I would feel like, like a basically like a fuck up. I would just feel terrible. Um, and I would feel like I had been bamboozled almost into, you know, being someone's work monkey and essentially like making them a lot of money. And that's like really, truly how I felt for a long time. And medicine could definitely make that situation seem very true because once we leave residency, there's no built-in boundaries anymore. Most of the time when you enter attending hood, there isn't like a night shift of workers that physically comes in and takes over so you can go home, right? Some of y'all out there that are, they're hospitalists now, there is, but um, maybe you don't work 12s, maybe you work 24s, right? So, um, you know, the boundaries are different, okay? And a lot of times we have to learn how to set actual boundaries and we haven't been taught that because academic medicine didn't require us to learn that because there were these built-in boundaries, okay? So really, um, you know, no one's asking you to track your duty hours anymore. Um, and you don't know how to set these boundaries because you never had to. And so that was definitely the case for me. So whenever I left my job, it was purely out of survival, which I knew at that time. I knew that I, I knew before I knew anything about burnout and survival mode and fight or flight and how it's all related, I knew that I would not survive continuing what I was doing. And that might sound dramatic, but it is true. Deep down, I knew because I felt trapped and like there were, there were no other options. I knew I had to make a huge change or I would probably end up some statistic. And, you know, the, the chronic sleep deprivation at that point was really, really bad um, because I had infant twins, right? And I was a solo OBGYN. And so I could see on the, on the days that it was really bad where I was really sleep deprived that my brain wanted to just give up. And I could extrapolate that out. I didn't have to have suicidal thoughts to realize that this was bad for my survival. Um, and speaking of, let me pause. I want you to know that OBGYNs out there are one of the top fields with suicidal thoughts. Okay, Around 10% of us, so that's averaging females and males, around 10% of us or more have suicidal thoughts regularly. And so I want you to check on your colleagues, check on your friends, um, if someone's having a hard time or you notice a change, you ask them, hey, are you having any bad thoughts? You having thoughts about hurting yourself? Let me know you're safe. Because someone asking is enough to help someone sometimes, okay? And then, you know, nobody asks this ever. So asking doesn't increase the chances that they will hurt themselves, but it increases the chances that they will get help. So that being said, <laughs> I didn't have suicidal thoughts explicitly, but um, there were intrusive thoughts. I would regularly wish, or at least several times, I would wish a big truck would crash into me on the way to work so I could have a break, like in the ICU or something, <laughs> which is terrible, right? Um, I didn't want to die. I just wanted a break. And 
So I knew that I had to leave and I knew I had to do it for survival. And for several years after that, I hated looking back on that time. I resented it. And I think a large part of my negative feelings revolving around this story too, is that I had a part of the story that I had failed helping this community, Um, this whole community of women and patients who otherwise wouldn't have access or much access. Um, They could drive. Yeah, they could drive a long ways and get access, but um, they wouldn't have good access to the care they needed. And I felt, you know, as though I'd truly failed them and I'd failed at what I'd always dreamed of. And so, you know, that story that I had about my first job and the job that I left to survive, that story didn't shift until several years later. I was talking with a friend, um, who had had done several medical mission trips. And um, she was kind of telling me about how it would go. And, you know, they would operate a lot and the days were long, but just amazing. And, you know, that people would line up out the door, you know, days before they came just to, you know, have a chance to get help. And there were so many people that needed help that they knew they wouldn't be able to help everybody. And there was, you know, one OR and only a couple instrument sets that they turned over, you know, like, uh, I don't know, it was, I don't even know how they turned them over. If they had an autoclave, I can't remember, but it was like, they they had very limited resources, of course, right? And they were limited by, you know, there were just a couple OBGYNs that would go amongst the other team of like general surgeons and, you know, all the other types of surgeons, right? And so they had all these people, you know, hundreds of people to serve in a few days and um, everything was very limited, of course, right? And she said that, you know, there were definitely a lot of people that didn't get help um, and they didn't get the help that they needed while she was there. And so I kind of had to process that, like, I don't know, because it's like, oh my gosh, like that seems so awful to think about all these people waiting and, um, you know, spending the night outside in front of the clinic to try and get a shot at getting help. And then they don't get help, you know, and that, that just felt like really heavy to me. And I realized that I had been thinking in a similar fashion about my first job. And so as I kind of like thought about this, you know, I I asked her, I said, well, you know, that's just, or I kind of commented like, wow, that's, that's terrible that there's so many people that needed help and that so many still didn't get help. And she said, yeah, but you know, they just did the best they could to help as many people as they could, you know, using the resources they had, which were few. And that last line of it, it shifted everything for me in regards to my past as well. I didn't fail. I had limited resources, right? I was limited by my resources, whether that's time or there only being one of me or all the other things, right? Uh, we didn't have all the things we needed in a small town. I didn't fail, right? I did, I did my best to help as many people as I could. It's kind of like a mission trip. And no one ever looks back on docs that you know, come and operate for a week and say like, wow, why didn't you do more? You didn't do enough. You failed these people, right? Like no one's saying that. No, they say like, wow, you made, you made such a difference here. Thank you for coming. Right. And so in, in talking to her about her mission trip, I found the rest of my story. And so, you know, the rest of my story is that I did the best I could with limited resources and I helped a lot of people. And so I think that that shift shifted everything for me. And especially as I like tried to process, you know, 
how I was going to do things differently um, and how to move forward. Um, because that, that story that I'd had had really, really stuck with me. And it was, you know, kind of coloring how I would make decisions and how I would interact at my, at my new job, right? Because I didn't want to get used and abused again, right? And so I wanted to set boundaries. How could I do that? But I, I, was fa- I didn't want to fail these people, you know? So how could I not do all those things, right? Well, this, this rest of the story helped me. And so I want you to find the rest of your story as well. So here's the part where you go get some paper <laughs> and you write out your answer so that we can actually apply this work to what we do here, to your life, okay? So grab yourself a piece of paper and a pen, okay? If you need to pause it and then come back to this part, do it. Or if you want to just talk it out loud in your car if you're commuting, okay? All right, we ready? So number one, what story do you have about your past that is holding you back, that is affecting you, that you think back on negatively, okay? What do you look back on and have regrets or resentment or anger or frustration about? You know, what story is that? Um, You know, what in your past do you often think, like, it shouldn't have been that way? Okay, I want you to write out that story. And just writing out that story sometimes helps us process it. And whenever, what I mean by that is we can, like, re-look at it and start to see, like, yeah, but did it really happen that way? Was it really that bad? Yeah, no, okay. Um, And I'm not saying you have to look at it positively. You don't have to, but sometimes it helps us start to question it. So write out your story. Once you're done with that, I want you to ask yourself some questions um, about your story and see if you can find the rest of your story, okay? So number one, what's something unexpected and positive that came from this situation? Number two, how did I grow from this? Number three, what did I learn from this? And number four, how did this situation change me for the better? Spend some time really writing these answers out. And I mean, like, you know, if you can, if you can fill a half a page, you feel, you know, put a lot of sentences in, you know, get as much out as you can. Just let your, let your hand write. Like, don't judge what comes out, even if it's not part of that question, okay? Um, just let yourself write freely, for just a few minutes, okay? Spend some time writing these answers out. And then I want you to go back and allow yourself to read through your answers without judgment. Get into a place that's really curious and have some self-compassion, okay? Have some self-compassion as you answer all of these too, okay? You're not gonna beat yourself up in these writing answers, okay? And so go back and look through and ask yourself, what is the rest of my story? What is that one thing that could shift this entire story, okay? And that's the thing I want you to focus on. Um, You know, I want you to, you know, put that on a sticky note and read it every day for the next few weeks, okay? I want you to put that on your phone's home screen. What is the rest of your story? Because that is, is the key to shifting everything for you, okay? And reviewing the rest of your story, looking at it, thinking it frequently, that's how you're going to set that, that new version of your story. That's how you're going to shift with the rest of your story. That's how you're going to change your perspective about everything moving forward. So have it visible to you, okay? Practice showing it to your brain. Practice thinking it with your brain and make it your reality, okay? All right, friends, that's what I've got for you this week, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. Thanks for tuning in. 
Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, the Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.